great. But here's what he did. Rhyme it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Oh, please just rhyme it. And he really gets into it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Yes, of course. We will you don't even have to think about it. So let's rhyme it today. Rhyme it. Yes. We are going to rhyme it. Just that's where he just after Ooh, ran down. Everybody, amazing. I'm not gonna remember any of it. That's good. That's the way to go. All over the Rams today and Rammy. I mean, now he's like on his feet. How are you guys? Who's house? Wow. Rammy. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Rams Brothers. I'm your host Dean, and I'm joined, as always, by my brother and the other host of this show, Nick. And Nick, uh, some Rams drama, some drama around the league. Um, before we get into it, first and most importantly, how are you, my brother? I'm good. It's Thursday. Got paid today. Doing my taxes tomorrow, so I get a nice paycheck after that. Kind of a paycheck, even though I've been paying for it all year. Uh, but solid. I'm 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 good, Dean. I'm the I'm I am good. 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 You're not uh you're not too stressed over some of the uh the things that have been going on within the Rams' organization. Yeah, I know. They didn't release a new South Park episode this week. I was kind of looking forward to it, but oh, (laughs) in the Rams. Um, The Bobby Wagner news. I mean, what the hell is that? Yeah, it came out of nowhere. Yeah, it's it that's kind of the way it felt. It felt like it kind of came out of nowhere. There were no real trails leading up to it, nothing specific in terms of, you know, if if we cut this player, this is how we're gonna open up the salary cap. No coaches came out and said anything. So my understanding of the situation is they had a conversation today, earlier today, or whether it was today or it was last Thursday. But regardless, they had a conversation with him and they wanted to fully understand what the ramifications would be for a player of his caliber to be cut after June 1st or to be traded after June 1st. And they really, what they wanted to do was give him a leg up and an opportunity to be able to, you know, spend the full off season with a new team, you know, whether it's back with Seattle whether it's Kansas City, whether it's San Francisco, whoever it may be that wants to take a flyer on Bobby Wagner in in, uh, in year 33 of his life, they could they could absolutely do so. But I think what they wanted to do was do right by the player, right? They wanted to fully understand the situation. If he wanted to get out of the contract and try to spend time with another team and and go on and try to win another Super Bowl, like there is a full understanding of the reason why he came into the building in the first place was because they were selling him on run it back. They were selling him on, this is the next opportunity for you. You're going to be back in the Super Bowl, playing alongside of Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald, and we're going to be the greatest show on on surf in SoFi. So you, when you sell the dream, you could imagine why it was so enticing for him to sign a three-year deal and to come in on a, on a third contract and really, really kind of be excited about the situation that's in front of him. But lo and behold, we're here on, on February 23rd, and, and Bobby Wagner is no longer a Ram. Yeah, and then the you know then the conversation becomes oh the Rams are rebuilding, um, you know like the whole fan base is kind of like oh well you know I guess I guess we're doing this we're going to trade Ramsey and we're going to completely start over, which I don't think is true. Uh, I mean Bobby Wagner he was great he was huge for us last year on a team that really had nothing really going for it and he's making these big plays in these games that we end up losing. Uh, I think he picked off Russell Wilson what twice in that Denver game. Yep. I mean, that was like, you know, that was ungodly. And he was waiting. He was waiting for that game. It would have been nice to see him beat Seattle with him. It was the first time under McVay they got swept against Seattle. And, of course, it's the only time 
Bobby Wagner was on our team. Yeah, that's actually a really good call out because I know how hard Jalen Ramsey and Bobby Wagner were fighting to end Seattle's season so that they could then get Detroit into the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. And it, it seems like the Rams and Detroit have a mutual bond together where they're like, yeah, you know, we're, we're rooting for Jared over there and you know, we're trying to do our best by you guys and everything. Amon Ra's tweeting at Ramsey right now. But it is interesting because he was a pretty – he was like one of the best players on the field for us last year. Yeah. Uh, and and the reports that are coming out are, are now like he wants to win now. And it's like <laughs> – Okay, the, the the NFC is wide open for whoever wants it. Uh, obviously, the Eagles and the 49ers are the top two teams because they were the teams that were in the NFC Championship. But, yep. you know, every year there's huge turnaround. And for his sake, I mean, you know, you go in the AFC, you're just surrounded. It's like it's like a dogfight in the sky. I would just be really, really shocked to see how, like, where he thinks – that that dot of win now is going to be because there's no guarantee. No, I know. You know, so I I don't know what he's thinking. Maybe join Von Miller in Buffalo, but they got some real concerns over there. So you that'll be a fun some, train to watch. You make some awesome points, right? Because I think that the the big takeaway from all of this is how valuable is the middle linebacker position for not only the Rams but holistically throughout the entire league. I think that you would you'd say the average salary of a middle linebacker in terms of a top tier middle linebacker does not cost you $12.5 million against the cap. You would argue that that top player would cost you $2.5 million against the cap, which is exactly the price point that Bobby Wagner came into last year. It made sense the way that they structured the contract. It made sense in year one that he was only a $2.5 million cap hit. It made sense in year two that his cap hit was going to exponentially leap from year over year over year. And that's kind of the way that you structure these contracts to be able to entice players to come in on that one specific year so that you can go back and chase the end goal, which is a Super Bowl championship. So I, th I think for the middle linebacker position as a whole, all across the league is losing value. And it's, it's yeah. not anything that's new, but Bobby Wagner played in arguably the greatest era of, of middle linebackers over the last 20, 30 years. You've had so many great players go to the hall of fame over the last 20, 30 years that have played that position specifically. Obviously, great, great players um, going all the way back to LT, right at the middle linebacker position, the guy who created the position. Um, so, I mean, you could really kind of do a deep dive into the value of the middle linebacker position from 1980 all the way to 2023, and you'll just see it, exponential drop-off. What's most important now is you have a, a defensive back, you have two sound safeties, you have a, a top-tier edge rusher, and you have a top-tier interior defense alignment. The truth of the matter is, Nick, the Rams won the Super Bowl with Troy Reader at middle linebacker. And it's it feels like it's Ernest Jones's time to step up and be that player in the middle, be the signal caller, be the Mike linebacker. And that was the guy who spent the most time with Bobby Wagner last year. That was the guy who was trying to understand every single intricate detail in terms of how you call the defense, how you organize the troops, how you you um, delegate assignments specifically to players, pre-snap, post-snap. like That's what Bobby Wagner does. He is the Mike linebacker. He has the responsibility of controlling where the defense needs to be pre- and post-snap. So when you transition that responsibility over to somebody like Ernest Jones, yeah, he's a younger player, but he's shown that he's capable of doing so. And yeah. I think the Rams did a really nice transition to where you brought Bobby into the building, you've expedited um, – Ernest Jones's growth, and now you could just go full throttle with Ernest moving forward. Yeah, and 
just to harken back on the point I was trying to make where it's like, oh, I don't know how he's going to pick, you know, this team that's ready to win now. I mean, the Rams are in like a top five position in the NFC right now, I think. Um, yeah. You know, the Eagles are going to have to pay Jalen Hurts. The 49ers have a quarterback that is completely like a quarterback room that we have no idea where they're going to go. Neither of the quarterbacks should be ready week one. Yeah. Jimmy G, maybe we pick him up as a backup. Who knows? Maybe we just try to get him out of the hands of San Francisco. I think the Rams are seriously going to be a threat next year. And the more I think about it, the more it does make sense for us to kind of be like, hey, you know, we can't really afford to pay this right now. Like, you kind of want to yeah. walk. And I bet he was probably thinking, I don't want to do another situation where I'm on a five-win team or however many wins we ended up with. Which yeah, is understandable, I mean, but I just imagine, don't. I I feel like the the idea inside the Rams right now is not that at all. Yeah. Um. Particularly if you listen to Kelly Stafford's podcast, I was on a a lot of my podcasts just decided not to um have episodes this week, so I went on a deep dive and I listened to the after the Super Bowl Kelly Stafford podcast. Yeah, Did you listen yeah. to that by any chance? No, but I, I've obviously read reports about it and I saw some Holden was tweeting about it. I think he was the first person to break the news. Shout out Holden for being that first person to break the news. But they were sitting on the couch together and McVay was over the Stafford's house and Stafford was was tapping McVay on the shoulder like, hey, this is who we're going to see in the Super Bowl next year. We're going to beat them. Yeah. That's what, I, that's what I know of the story. Well, apparently – um, they were all rooting for the Eagles um, mm. just because they didn't want to see like, you know, the juggernaut chiefs win. And they were all upset. Like Kelly was upset to see like Mahomes come back. And then Stafford and McVay were like, don't worry. We, we, we got him next year, which <laughs> is so confident on like, that is crazy to think, but I just love that. That's the kind of energy that both of them kind of bring. And there was also talk about how last year it was like, it was more kind of not really run it back, but it was like, oh my God, this again so fast. Like you don't really have that much downtime. Yeah. And like now they got fresh legs on all the guys. Um, you know, Donald Cup, Stafford didn't even get to play a big section of the of the season last year. So now you're kind of coming in hot and you're coming in ready. I'm really excited to see what the Rams have to offer next year. And yeah. I'm I'm not happy they're moving on from Bobby Wagner, but on you know, on a cap situation what he was poised to be like eight percent of the money on the team or yeah something, yeah which is just way too much like it's too much said. for a middle uh, linebacker even for, if yeah. he's dick buckus for the position yep it's just kind of you know you got to move on from that so good luck to bobby great season thanks for stopping by kind of how you know cool hopefully he goes to the lines yeah, yeah. All, all thanks be given to Bobby Wagner for being able to come into this situation and really making the best of it. So he ended the season, which was really an incredible season, 140 tackles, 81 solo tackles, six sacks, which I believe was a career high, and two picks at the age of 32. So what he was able to do just in a really short season um, in being, you know, first season with the Rams, obviously having a lot of time in the NFC West, so having some familiarity in matchups with the Cardinals, with the 49ers, with the Rams specifically. But I think like the matter of, of what the Rams are putting together for next year, it seems like, Nick, to your point, they are all in all over again, like in terms of the coaching staff, in terms of the way that they're going to build up the roster, in terms of some of the players that they have to cut loose, some of the hard decisions that they do have to make. And I think that's that's what's most exciting is the fire feels like it's finally back and it's back instilled into the, the head coach, the starting quarterback, 
And I think that um, when you're trying to build all of that up and you're coming out of a season that essentially ended in March of last year, right? You go from March to June and then you're, you're in fully padded practices before you know it. Like that's a very, very short turnaround time. And I think the experts, maybe not me and you, or some of the other higher level experts who, who get paid to do this for a living, some of them saw it coming. Some of them had the, had a really good understanding of it's this is a Super Bowl, you know, Super Bowl hangover, and it's it's nearly impossible to come back. It's nearly impossible to get back there within consecutive years unless you're New England Patriots or your Dallas Cowboys of the '90s. So that's I think that's where the thought process the was Chiefs. was yeah, or the Chiefs or the Chiefs of modern day. I think the thought process was we've spent seven years trying to climb the mountaintop. And then when they finally achieved it, they had so many levels to, levers to pull along the way. Getting rid of your starting quarterback, getting rid of your starting running back, your top receivers, top players on defense, and just reshuffling and building the foundation around this core. It, like That's something that's really difficult to achieve. And when it takes seven years to do so, I could imagine that, that entire next year is entirely exhausting. Yeah. So take out just, just for a second, take out the Patriots. Think about back-to-back years, how often a team comes back. Like, it doesn't happen. No, it doesn't. It really doesn't happen because there is so much that goes into uh, late December, January, and eventually February football where your body and all the the players on the team and the mentality of the coaches get so hung up and so strung from those games, the pressure and everything – you know, the physicality of getting like punched like that. Yeah. And it's so, so hard to go back. And McVay's two weakest years on his resume come after Super Bowl appearances, which make all the most sense. Yeah. So think about where they are the following year after that. You know, I'm sorry, Eagles fans. I'm sorry, Chiefs fans. I mean, Chiefs are probably the exception to the rule. Patrick Mahomes has proved time and time again that he can kind of do anything. Um, but it's going to be really difficult for the Eagles to have that maintained success next year. Uh, you know, I'm rooting for him, but that's just going to be – it's going to be a tough pill to swallow because after you get that high and you reach that point, now the goal is to finish the job. Yeah. And yeah. we know how grueling those next couple of years can be. It feels like there's a weight on you every single game. It sure does. Yeah, it sure does. And to your point – when you have to, you know, rebuild everything, like that's where the difficulty lies is when you have to kind of like reclimb the mountaintop and you have to get all the way to the top again. You have to, you know, do all the things that are uncomfortable, all the decision making that's that's not, you know, accommodating to your players. And it, it's it's hurtful to fans. And there's just a lot of consistent moving pieces within the organization that you always have to kind of keep up with. But then once you finally do it, it's an incredible feeling. And that year after, it's 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 nearly impossible to get back. And Nick, to your point, there's a great story about uh, Tony Dungy and and John Gruden was previous defensive coordinator for John Gruden um, when they won the Super Bowl that first year. I think it was 2002 or 2003 when when um, when Gruden won his first Super Bowl. But Dungy talked about. I want to say 2002 season. I'm yeah, gonna look it up. Keep going. I think it was. You know. I think it was the 2002 season. Tony Dungy talks about. I think it was the 2006 Indianapolis Colts that I think only had two or three losses. So going back to what you were saying, even if you do have the perfect team, and I think that that Colts team 
had either went really deep into the playoffs that the year prior. They were in the NFC Championship. They were trying to get over the top. Then next year, Tony Dungy, Peyton Manning, Edron James, Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, all of the Hall of Famers that are on that roster will come out and tell you that that was the best team that they've ever had. And they lost in the divisional round. Like that's another situation that you find yourself stuck in is if, you know, you sometimes the ball just doesn't bounce your way. And that's yeah. why it's so difficult to to get all the way to the top and get the job done. And that's why it's so important to do it once you get there. It was two things. It was 2003. Okay. Like the Super Bowl was so in. So, two, so we were right. 2002, 2003 season. 2002 well season, done. 2003 well Super Bowl. So I'm going to pat myself on the back. Well done. And, and yourself because you were kind of right there, but you didn't get it exactly. <laughs> right. um, just one more example. I mean, everybody wants to talk about the Buffalo Bills. That team, when they – let Patrick Mahomes and and the offense drive down the field um, th- when the Rams won the Super Bowl. What season was that? 2021? Yeah, yeah, last year. Yeah, the, the 2021-22 season. season, yep. Yeah. Um, they, I mean, they had it all. That was probably the best Bills team since the 90s by far. Like yeah. That season before people kind of figured out Patrick Mahomes – or uh, sorry, Josh Allen and McDermott and kind of, you know, how the offense really isn't that flashy. Um, and they got so close to that, to, to getting to the AFC championship and they couldn't even get over that hill. So, and then this year they should have lost to Miami with a third string a quarterback. Yeah. Um, But then they barely squeak by and then they lose horribly at home to the Bengals every year. It's such a dogfight. So it sure is. Yeah. Always. Always be happy that that we're in a situation now where we can talk about our Super Bowl win that was like a year ago. Absolutely, yeah. So, so looking forward too. I think that um, there's some interesting numbers within this cap saving spreadsheet that Seattle Rams had shared. Um, so I just wanted to kind of call them out because Wagner was a five million dollar cap savings, a little bit more than five million because he was cut um, all prior to June first. So I wanted to just read off of the list for those that are listening. It's Bobby Wagner at $5 million. Tyler Higby at $3.9 million in terms of a cap savings if you cut him. Leonard Floyd, $3 million cap savings. Fuller, $2.7. No Boom, $2.5. And we know that with No Boom, that number jumps incrementally if he's cut or traded post 6-1. Then there's Coleman Shelton, who shouldn't be on this list. I would He's going to be somebody that they're going to potentially re-sign. So that's an inaccurate cap number. But then there's Brian Allen at 2.01. There's Cam Akers at 1.4. Van Jefferson at 1.3. Hopkins at, at 1 million. Tremon Akram at 1 million. And then this last player, Nick, Laurel Merchinson. You ever heard of him? No. <laughs> Me neither. So that list may not be entirely accurate, but the numbers are within range of what it would save you to cut some of these players before June 1st. And if you just look at the top three, Bobby Wagner is gone. Number two is Tyler Higby. Number three is Leonard Floyd. So you do do this for me. Which of the two players, Leonard Floyd or Tyler Higby, do you think is more likely to come back to the Los Angeles Rams next season? Oof. From just like a personality standpoint and like, you know, being one with the team, I think it's Higby. But I don't know if that's the right answer, honestly. I feel like Higby would be thriving on another team. I don't think the Rams offense really warrants that much of a uh, great tight end position. I think we need, a, a you know, more of a blocker than an actual like, 
you know, Travis Kelsey type tenant uh, yeah. tight end at this point. So I think Higby probably doesn't stay. That's my that's my call. Yeah, I would I would lean that way specifically because and neither of this both of these things could be inaccurate, right? It's it's not a matter of one of these two guys is definitely going to get cut. We're just thinking who would be most likely considering they are the two biggest capital implications behind Bobby Wagner if they were to get cut. I think Leonard Floyd is somebody that you just desperately need. Yeah. Like as as much as I don't want to say that because I don't love him as a player and I think he's he's a better player when he has other compliments around him, similar to a lot of other players throughout the league, but he's not a bona fide number one speed rushing edge rusher that's going to knock the quarterback on his ass. He's not, he's just not Von Miller. Um, but what else do you have at that position? You waived Terrell Lewis middle of the season last year. You're going to go Daniel Hardy and Michael Hoyt on the, on the ends to start the season. <laughs> like, give me a break. You can't possibly do that. You need some kind of veteran leadership at least to be able to step in for the first half of the season until somebody like Daniel Hardy, until somebody like Michael Hoyt or whomever else is on this roster can help you bolster up that position in totality. I don't think that they're there yet. So to me, it's like Leonard Floyd has to say, stay. Tyler Higby's had his time with the Los Angeles Rams. And if there's somebody within the draft that they feel comfortable getting, if there's somebody in free agency that they want to trade up for, tight end similar to middle linebacker. It's not a massive cap hit. So right. it's, it's an opportunity to at least turn the page on somebody else. And similar to another guy that we're going to talk about in a second, I think a great fit for him would be who just traded their tight end late in the season last year. I think Lions. they traded him to the Vikings. Lions. There you go. Higgs I, with the Lions. Just send every former Ram to, to Detroit so we could have like a supplemental fun little side team. Uh, yeah, that was Goff's roommate in the, his first uh, summer camp with the Rams. Yeah. So, yeah. so Higby's been around since 2016. Yep. Wow. Tyler Higby and Jared Goff him. were in the same draft class. Yeah, I always forget about him. Yeah. I think Goff was first round and uh, Higby was fourth round. Because yeah, I think Goff the Rams traded their second and third round picks to get up to, to number one to get Jared. And then in the fourth round, they were like, we got to get Jared a couple weapons. Yeah. And then we went, they went the next year. They were going to go, let's get Sammy Watkins. Let's get Robert Woods. We drafted Cooper Cup. Like we got, now we got weapons for Jared. That's, that's when it really got fun. That to yeah, me is fun. like... When the I started talking about the season with Sammy Watkins as like as like a huge threat in the offense, that was really fun. That's what I'm talking about. That 2017 team gave me chills because I felt like that team was good enough to potentially go play in the Super Bowl. As good as that 18 team was, that 17 team was I just felt like I'd never seen anything like that before from the Rams. Yeah, that we was just that was like two, two horrible special team blunders kind of lost them that first round of the playoffs, but they were really good. Pharaoh Cooper, clap, 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 clap. I uh, I don't miss him at all. I think he's been bouncing around the league. Was he with the Cardinals last year? Could I be. I, I, yeah. I have no uh, idea. I don't care either. Um, okay, so we talked about other cuts that we could potentially see looming. Robert Woods, Nick. Robert yeah, Woods was released, this one. released from the Titans. Nick, can I show you my reaction when I saw that Robert Woods was released from the Titans? Yeah, show me. Ready? Similar to this. <laughs> Did those listening, <laughs> Dean just showed me a picture of Jeff Fisher in a Peyton Manning jersey for some reason. Well, he it looked like he's Jeff Fisher in the pictures, rising out of his seat in anticipation of something incredible. 
but uh, is also wearing a Jeff or is also wearing a Peyton Manning jersey. It makes no sense. Jeff Fisher will never die as long as we have a platform. I will Absolutely never not. let that man sleep well. I saw that picture in my camera roll today. And usually before the episode start, I'm like, is there four or five pictures I could potentially throw onto this episode? And I'm like, oh, I'm going to mix in Jeff somehow. I'm going to do it. I mean, it would make so much sense for Bobby Trees to come back to LA. Um, also, with the cap and everything, like, I don't know how like how people are gonna like this, but you could cut Van Jefferson. I think if you if you really need to be saving money, you you don't give up that much in dead money. You could cut Van Jefferson. You could cut Allen Robinson, and you can bring in Robert Woods. Bring back Woods and Cup, and you know go out there and maybe get OBJ. I mean, depends. I'm not on- against. Uh- Allen Robinson being cut. I just think Van Jefferson being on the fourth year of his rookie deal, he's going to be fairly inexpensive. So he's going to be gone after this year anyway. Yeah. They don't so I, so I guess it would be him. cut Jefferson, maybe not worry so much about bringing I don't him even know if you him. have to. I mean, it would be nice to have Jefferson on your roster. The only problem with um, – Oh, with I meant to say Robinson. Yeah, Robinson. yeah. The only problem yeah. with – you can't even really cut Allen Robinson because pre-6-1 release, you take an uh, – an $8.4 million hit for cutting Allen Robinson. Uh, pre-6-1 trade, you save $6.85 million, which is fine. You have to figure out a trade partner for him, which is definitely difficult. Um, and then post-6-1 release, he is a $0 cap savings. And then a post-6-1 trade, that's where you make your money. He's a $15.2 million cap savings. So, I mean, like you could trade him for pennies on the dollar at this point and get, get some like picks and then bring in free agent Robert Woods. I mean, you have to make sure that that's a guarantee, but you know, just get anything so you can have Robinson out of there. I mean, last year was horrendous. That was like, I can't believe we were excited for this guy. It was like, Oh my God, he didn't have a real quarterback throwing him balls. And now, He's going to have somebody that can actually throw it to him. It's because he had 14 touchdowns with Blake Bortles and Andy Dalton and whoever else was throwing him the ball. It was like putting up like mystical numbers from court with a quarterback that isn't even capable of getting you out of the second round. It was, it's like, it was like a miracle and he just didn't come in to be a good scheme fit, which is the same way that Robert Woods found his way out of Los Angeles, which is sad. Yeah, I mean Robert. I, I don't know. Robert Woods was good on the on, on the jet sweep. You know, he had his moments. He was good. Yeah, you're right. And all like, I felt like Robert Woods was at least for the time there when it was him and 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 Goff and Cup. It it kind of felt like the, like that combination was just and like once again, Higby just kind of being, you know, the great disappearing act and never really getting that much attention in this offense. So, like I. I am totally fine with with Higby leaving if you can bring back Robert. And yeah, yeah. Even um, I remember this was during the Super Bowl season, the 2018 Rams Super Bowl season, uh, when Goff and Gurley got all the the offensive linemen um, beats. Yeah, no, I think they got something cooler than that. They got like some kind of really dope present, and they were like, "We gotta get something for for Robert Woods because he's just because he's an offensive lineman." Yeah, he's great at, at at blocking. So, I mean, I don't know how much, you know, how great, but still, like, you bring somebody like that in, then you can really 
have you know have all the tools that that McVay wants. Yeah, I think there's um this is a very sentimental picture, right? Because you're looking at Von Miller with a diamond in his teeth, assisting Robert Woods in holding up the Lombardi Trophy, and we know that we know that Bobby Trees wasn't able to play in the Super Bowl due to the ACL injury, which ironically happened the day before or the day after that Odell Beckham Jr. was signed. So it was almost like, I mean, it was just a, such a strange situation. We were all happy over the fact that we were finally going to get Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, and Odell Beckham Jr. on the same field. And then within that same moment, we were like, it was taken right away from us and robbed yeah. from us, which was so difficult. And you know what else is really interesting? Sean McVay has had so many receivers to play with in his six years in Los Angeles. You go back to 17, you have Sammy Watkins and, and Tavon Austin and, and Bobby Trees and Cooper Cup. And then the next year you got rid of Tavon and Sammy and, you know, you kept the core of Woods and Cup. And then the next year you, you keep Woods and Cup again. And then, you you know, you're looking at guys like Benny Sko and you're looking at Tutu Atwell and Allen Robinson. Like there's been so many moving pieces. Odell Beckham Jr. with this wide receiver class over the last six years. And it's almost like you want there to be some continuity with wide receivers. You want there to be like a consistent, you know, Jamar Chase and T Higgins or a, you know, or I'm trying to think of another another grouping that's been together for a while, like a Godwin and a Mike Evans or a Tyree Kill and a Jalen Waddle, right? A couple of those guys have only been together for a year or so together so far. But, um, you know, you want that tandem. You want it for Cooper Cup. You're afraid of the fact that this offense is going to be continuously way too reliant on the Stafford to Cup connection. So you want to be able to bring in as many weapons as you can. So you understand it from that perspective. But it's a matter of then downloading a scheme into the game plan that gets players involved that are nine, ten percent of your cap, like like an Allen Robinson, like a yeah. Rob can't go three catches for thirty-seven yards and no touchdowns. Like you can't do that in the Rams' offense. So and, and that's yet, where Rob, that's where Rob Woods was for a while. Rob he, he found a way somehow to do that and be pitiful for us last year. Yeah, he sure did. Um, and so the destination I like most for Bobby Trees outside of Los Angeles, Nick, you first. Are you going to say Detroit again? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Robert Woods wasn't really Robert Woods until he was with Jared Goff. That's true. It's I mean, he was in Buffalo. Nobody really even knew who he was. He was coming off of the fourth year of his rookie deal. The Rams brought him in and transformed his entire career. The, within seconds, he's up there slapping hands with YG. All thanks Goff. to Jared. Reynolds, Brockers, and then you add Woods and Tyler Higby on that Lions team. I mean, like, <laughs> what the hell? Like, for, before those people are already on the freaking team. Right. And for the record, we're, we're just joking. Um, but I, I do think that that Robert Woods probably has a couple of, of solid destinations. And I th would think the teams that were hurting for receivers down the stretch, just thinking of playoff teams, I think the Baltimore Ravens would be a home run for Robert Woods because all you need to do is be able to pair a, a top receiver with, and maybe Robert Woods is not a top receiver anymore, but you get Woods, you get Mark Andrews, and then you bring in, you know, potentially another lower tier guy or you draft a top tier guy. And then all of a sudden Lamar Jackson is, is happy with his half guaranteed contract in Baltimore. So I don't know. I, I think I would go with the Ravens. I think they're a good fit for me. Yeah. That, that makes the most sense. I would love that. Yeah. Or or the Cowboys. Cowboys make sense too because they were yeah. overly reliant on their uh, their Cooper Cup in a playoff game. Their CD Lamb. Yeah, you know and they. You know, 
I, everybody wants to keep calling Dak this top 10 quarterback and putting him over Stafford and Goff in these quarterback rankings, yep. which just blows my mind. But, you know, maybe if you give him, you know, the weapons that he's previously had, I mean, he's got two amazing running backs and they rely so heavy on that running back game. And he's still putting them in positions to lose with like two picks a game. Yeah. But maybe if he got Robert Woods, then maybe he could be considered a top 10 quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if Pollard goes. You're talking about the Cowboys, right? The two running backs and two mm-hmm. picks a game. Yeah. That's all he had to say. Two running backs, two picks a game. Dak, yeah. Zeke, Pollard. Pollard's going to be gone. Um, and then also, Taylor Luan was released from the Titans. So right. potential left tackle um, that I know that the Rams are going to be looking at. They're going to be looking to upgrade their left tackle position. Joe Nopum is in a similar contract situation. I think he's signed almost an identical contract to what Bobby Wagner signed. Um, and we've talked about Joe Newboom at length in terms of his cap implications and where we think he could um, potentially end up in terms of the Rams' depth chart. But Taylor Lewan, Tyron Smith, Nick, potentially being released from the Cowboys. Those are two guys that I am just outright banging the table over in terms of potentially upgrading the left tackle position. Like, excuse my language, listening audience, but you can't fuck around with your left tackle. You cannot do it. And you can't do it when your quarterback is 35 years old and has aspirations of going back to another Super Bowl, has a history of concussions, had numbness in his legs last season. You need to be able to protect the shit out of the blind side. That is the most important position in football outside of quarterback is the left tackle. So they better be thinking about upgrading the position. Uh, I think I would explore potentially trading Joe Nopum. Here's two things about no two things about two offense alignment for the Rams that we should have answers on very, very shortly. It's the health of Joe Nopum coming off of the Achilles injury, and it is the status of Logan Bruss coming off of a leg injury in the preseason of the first game. So first snap of the first preseason game, down goes Logan. Like, to me, I need I need a status update on if I'm going to have to replace any of these guys. So I'm sure that the Rams have that in-house, uh, but Joe Nopum is definitely somebody that I would look to replace because I or you look to move him inside. Right. And I, I think that uh, somebody like Tyron Smith, all you have to do, just do me a favor. Google Tyron Smith. Do that. Take take you take a second. Go on your phone. Google Tyron Smith, T-Y-R-O-N Smith, and look at the sheer size of the guy. Yeah, he's only played 14 of the last 50 games. He's been banged up, but he's within the same range as age range as Andrew Whitworth was when he came with the Rams and joined the Rams. And I think that's that's somebody that is just a uh, just a ridiculous player. Is that Tyron? Yeah, like you got to check him out in full pads, though. Let me see the the elbow brace and the neck roll and everything he's got going on. He's an intimidating mf'er. Okay, hold on. There we go. There he is. Yes. You want any piece of that? That's who should be protecting your blind side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a position that they need to. I, glaringly obvious, like maybe they're waiting for more people to be released. I don't even think they can make any moves yet, but I'm hoping that they're on the phone with some of these people right now. Mm-hmm. And they can, you know, start making, you know, decisions about the future, particularly about the offensive line. That's the one thing that McVay just seems to, I mean, it, it should be his second top priority every single year. And yet it almost never is. <laughs> I mean, Throughout Goff's tenure, the guy is in love with long developing pass plays. 
and in 2019 and 2020, um, like Goff needed more time than Stafford. So you're not upgrading the offensive line and you're not getting the results that you need. And it's like, it seems like a very clear solution where you got to give this guy time. And it was always, always just rejected and denied. So now it would be nice for them to actually with Stafford, I mean, 35 going on 36, probably like four years left once to get back yep. to another Super Bowl. If that the best yeah. way to do that is with a strong offensive line. So did you see I'm the fine uh, with bringing him in? Yeah, same. Did you see the uh, the Jonathan Gannon interview or just the clips that they were showing where he's like pew 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 shots, explosives like that? That to me is what Sean McVay wanted to go. I'll send it to you. People yeah, are commenting he is the next Michael Scott of the NFL. I was um, I was watching that clip and I was thinking to myself that had to be a little bit like the way Sean McVay was when he first came into the building at age thirty one, like pew 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 shots, explosives. <laughs> like I would just it just reminded me. But obviously Gannon's a goober, um, and we're gonna kick his ass twice this year. Um, okay, so as the week progresses, it seems like the Rams have finalized their coaching staff. If you go on the Rams' website, Greg Olson is still there. His bright blue eyes are shining right back at me as I look at his picture. He is no longer on the roster. Um, he yeah. took a he took another job. Um, I'm trying to think who it was with. Seattle? Was Seattle. I thought it was Carolina. It was Seattle. It's, I think, it's I think one it was of the Seattle. two. He, he joined Seattle as a quarterback's coach. I think we talked about that recently. Um, he was a senior offensive assistant and, and essentially got demoted to quarterback's coach to go coach Geno Smith, if that's going to be the future. So that makes oh, me think yeah. that. Yeah, remember that makes me think that the Seattle could potentially trade up and uh and, and draft a quarterback. But they have they have almost the full staff filled out. It's it's raw defense coordinator, Chase Blackburn, special teams coordinator. So Blackburn's a new one. Um Springer is the assistant, Yarber, wide receivers coach. He's been there for a while. Who I'm trying to think who else is new. I don't think they have all of the new guys on the staff so far. It's only uh, 18, 19 positions that they have to fill. So minus Olsen, I think they have 18 right now. Um, so they're essentially done. So as it's all officially finalized and everybody is in place, we'll do another episode recapping um, all of the moves and why we strongly believe Sean McVay looked for himself when hiring coaches this season. He looked for his friends. And well, he hired that one guy from that was his college roommate, right? <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So he hired um, a Paisan, Joe Conaligo, to be uh, their outside linebackers coach. So Big Joe just had completed his second season at Navy. He started out as the defensive assistant in 2021 before transitioning to an outside linebacker coach last season for Navy. And yes, they were former roommates at Miami, Ohio. So, man, I mean, how much. You bring in Mike LaFleur, you bring in uh, your Paisan roommate. <laughs> How much more stability and support could you need? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's so many coaching fellows. You're, <laughs> you're just filled to the brim with coaching fellows. I know, I know. But um, I think he's going to have the support. If he needs to go out and get a drink on a Friday night with the boys, he could absolutely do that. If he wants to workshop some ideas, I think they're going to have a an open um, – you know, free-flowing, smart, everybody wants to add to the equation, competitive environment within that building. And that's I think what it's makes funny now, though, out. too, because they asked Caleb Williams what team he'd like to be drafted on, USC quarterback. I don't Miami. 
Yeah, he said Miami because he wants to go where the young, hot talent is. And he, he I, and then he said Tyree Kill. But he was talking mainly about the coaches. And it's funny how the new offensive young head coach is no longer Sean McVay, even though he is still technically the youngest head coach. Still the youngest, yeah. It is weirdo Mike in uh, in Miami. Yeah, all weird shots of Tua. Also, I thought because I'm seeing Tyreek and I'm seeing Jacecki and I'm seeing uh, and Waddle. Oh, Tyreek Hill saying that he'd love to play with Jared Goff, like <laughs> liking that. Like Tyreek Hill's all over the place. Cheat is pretty nuts. Yeah, he's yeah. pretty nuts. Would love to have him as a Ram. It would be you get like never-ending coverage with him. Yeah. Um, that's all we got for you guys. Make sure that if you haven't already, that you. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. We're doing. We're still doing the giveaway. I got a couple more hats. Uh, like this video. Comment who you think the Rams are going to pick up in free agency. Who you want to see most? Um, if you live in the U.S. and you comment, you are eligible for the giveaway. I'm sorry, I cannot pay like 150 bucks to ship overseas. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, Brazilian fans of Rams Brothers the Pod and everybody else listening. But thank you guys so much. You make this so fun. Keep listening. Keep liking. Keep doing all that fun stuff. And we will be here twice a week throughout the offseason, during the season, also twice a week. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you guys for listening. We love you. Support the movement. Like and subscribe. And we'll be here for the journey. Yeah. Oh, and one more thing. Do not forget about Bet Online. Our sponsor, live betting, free contest, giveaways all season long. You want to bet on the NFL? They got it. NBA? They got it. NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing? You want to you watch them full swing and you want to bet on golf? You can do that. Full swing, by the way. Amazing show on Netflix. This is not Great a Netflix show. ad, though. It's a bet online ad. Head to betonline.com. No, sorry. Betonline.ag to join. Receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Use our promo code, BLEAV. To receive your welcome bonus, that's B-L-E-A-V. Believe in it. You'll be world champs. Bet online where the game starts. I've had better ad reads. I've had worse. Believe it and you'll be world champions, ladies and gentlemen. We love you. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Who's house, Rams? Peace. House. Go Rams. <laughs>